Hello everyone, this is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Faithful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes in I believe that God's gladly lived a packet until all around the world it's been circulated. Greetings, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another episode of the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Today we bring you more live updates from Africa. Brother Tim Dobb was in Ethiopia as we covered in the previous podcast. He is currently in Uganda and while on the road he was able to share with us some testimonies and updates of what's happening in the country there and uh, what the Lord continues to do in the country of Uganda. But before we get into the interview itself, why don't we just take a moment here to pause and enjoy some good old-fashioned singing from Believers in Uganda. bless you, Brother John, and God bless you to the saints that are listening. We are live from Uganda, and we have just completed the first weekend of meetings, and uh, so we're uh, very blessed by how the Lord has used us and enabled us to reach out to the saints here in Uganda. As well, we've spent time in visiting with the believers and seeing the needs uh, managing and administrating the printing operation and all sorts of things that are uh, necessary for the work of the ministry over here. Now, on our way up to the beginning of the meetings in Brother Stephen Abali's area, we were riding in the car with Brother Busabosi and uh, Brother Henry. And we began talking about the translation work and the needs of the translation amongst the people. And so I decided to interview Brother Henry, who is one of the translators in the Luganda language. And so here is that interview now with Brother Henry. We're here in Uganda on the road to Jinja, and we are with Brother Basabozi, who is driving. And we have also with us Brother Henry Luanga, and he is a translator in the Luganda language. And it's interesting uh, to note that the Luganda language translation project has been completed. That is to say, not every message has been completed, but our sponsorship of the Seed Library for Translation 
has been completed and Brother Henry has been one of the translators whom we have sponsored and it has not only helped him uh, to do translation but also helped him in his ministry of street evangelism and reaching out and those sorts of things. So firstly, Brother Henry, let me ask you, you were mentioning to me the benefit of translation and printing in the local churches. Share with the saints what you shared with me. God bless you, saints. It's wonderful speaking to you. I'm Henry Luanga. Basically, what translation and printing has helped people in Uganda, previously there has been a lot of indoctrination. People did not know the word because the pastor would stand at the pulpit, could be the source of, of the word and what they tell the people, they just follow it. But when we started translation and printing and giving it out, people got the message into their hands. So when like these doctrinal issues, they have greatly reduced, like people, if they want to know something, they go to the message. They call at the office and ask, we need to be, to get this message, we need to read this message. And you see these days, the doctrinal issues have reduced among the laity and the pastors, you know, there are some people who were ruling the people because they knew people don't know the message. But today, the people, the message has come in the hands of the people, and the people can read the message by themselves, and it has been wonderful. Amen. You know, uh, just for the saints that are listening, uh, we do sponsor 227 messages when we do a, a language, like Luganda, and we're doing several others here in Uganda, such as Ateso and Karamajong, and, and uh, but it, it's always a hard time for me to tell the translators you're finished <laughs> and you're we're not able to sponsor anymore because we take the resources and move them into another language and carry forward and it's not that they stop translating but they're just not able to do it full time and so as a result uh, I think that creates um, I won't say hardship but it it certainly uh, the burden to continue translating is there while the resources are not necessarily there. And I know in talking with Brother Henry that this is the case even in his own life. So if we had much more resources, uh, we would probably be able to continue in any particular language. Now, Brother Henry uh, has, is one of those who we have informed uh, we're sorry but uh, we're not able to sponsor translation anymore. But I think your burden to translate is still the same, Brother Henry. The truth is the burden is bigger and bigger. It's like when you start eating a sweet pie and as you're biting, <laughs> biting, and then all of a sudden somebody grabs it out of your mouth. You even get bitter and more angry. So it really, it really feels really bad. <laughs> now you've really hit a vein with North Americans because you're talking about eating pie. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Branham talked about pies a lot. Yes. So it when translation came my way, I was a, a secondary school teacher. I gave up teaching. I gave up everything I was doing to concentrate on roadside evangelism and translation. Mm -hmm. So for the two, three years I was translating, my entire life was dipped, immersed into ministry. Evangelism, translation, evangelism, translation. So when a translation at the end of it all just 
went off. So everything which was keeping me moving, it's not that I, I, I got uh, like, um, give up, what, what, but you know, with the resources to help me go on the road, preach, keep my family, because I had already given my life to translation and evangelism. So everything came to a standstill. Amen. And we know that the Lord will take care of you, Brother Henry. There's no doubt about that. However, uh, just to share with the people that, you know, we appreciate, and I think you said to me that even doing the work of translation has furthered your revelation and your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The truth is, Brother Tim, when I came to the message, let me say this. The church where I believed from, I used to ask the pastor, why don't you teach the message in church, doctrine after doctrine after doctrine, and they were telling us, no, you can't read the messages for yourself. And we did have the messages at our disposal. So when I started translation, it was like God answered the other question I was giving to the pastor who was pastoring me by that time. And uh, when I started translating, oh my God, Right now, when I go to preach, I preach, I don't, I can even ask people, ask questions. Because, and more so, I would like, actually, let me say this, I thank my pastor, Pastor Bosobozi, because he has also done that, he teaches us the message in church. But as well as teaching us the message in church, the reading has, has grounded me as a believer, as a minister, my family. When I go out to preach, I actually, I don't preach only, I on, also teach the message on the road. Amen. Because right now, I'm deeper into the word. Amen. Yes. Amen. So there you have it, saints. There's the impact, not just of getting the books into the people's hands and settling doctrinal issues and helping churches and grounding them in the word, but also the impact on the life of the translators themselves. And we appreciate brothers like Brother Henry who have uh, given themselves to the word. As he said, he left his teaching job in order to focus on translation for the two to three year project that it was. And we pray that God will abundantly bless him. Thank you, Brother Henry, for spending this time with us. Amen. God bless you, saints, and may the Lord pour multitudes of blessings. And I believe he'll open up doors so that the word can continue going into the bride. Amen. Shalom. Now, between the Sunday morning and the Sunday evening service at Brother Stephen of Bally's, we were with Brother James Katumba, the associate minister there at Brother Stephen's church, Intervale Ministries. And we got to talking about the, a testimony that was particularly outstanding and very recent in the work of the Lord there. And so we just sat down and visited on the subject of Brother Peter. I'm just sitting in the car with Brother James Katumba, who is a great worker in the harvest that's going on in Uganda, and associate to Brother Stephen Abali here in Jinja. We just finished the morning service, and we are just finished lunch, going back for the evening service. But we were talking, Brother James, about Brother Peter, and I won't try and pronounce his last name again, but uh, I think we had helped him. Well, first of all, let me say... God bless you, Brother James. Good to have you. Thank you, Brother Tim. Glad to have you too. God bless you. Now, we were talking about Brother Peter. What is his last name? He's called Peter Kalulu. Okay, I won't even try and repeat that. 
there you have it. We'll call him Brother Peter from here. But he came out of a denomination and we helped him with the land. Remind us uh, this brother's situation when he first came into the message. Okay, Brother Peter Kalulu was a bishop in his denomination in Western Uganda, specifically in Chankwanzi. He had opened many churches in that area. But then he was having his, the one who was heading him. And then in his place, actually, they built for him a permanent church. Now, when he received the message that was in 2022, around March, he made the decision to be baptized. Actually, he came to Ginger to be baptized. After three months, we baptized him here in Ginger. And then when he went back home, his wife was pastoring that church, and then for Brother Peter Kalu was pastoring a different church. But when the wife heard this message, she gave up being a pastor, and she told him, please come back and pastor the church. So when the wife left pastoring, other women challenged her, why are you doing this kind of, she said, I want to go to heaven. And even Brother Peter now started that preaching about the message of the hour, the issue of the Godhead, the issue of water baptism, women not preaching. And the, the zeal is so great that right now he's busy moving in churches in western Uganda and he's bringing many converts to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we helped him with a piece of land? We helped him get a piece of land after, after the denomination had excommunicated him. We bought for him a piece of land in, in Ibukwiri. And then we also helped him put up a sanitary facility, which is a pit latrine. And then we also helped him set up a temporary structure, just poles and tarpaulin. Just poles and tarpaulins. And he's still worshiping under that? Yes, he worships under that. But uh, last week, last week there was a heavy storm, which really came and tore apart the whole tarpaulin and even broke most of the timber, mm. the wooden poles we had. And now, they, as a church, they were struggling to put it back while they see what they can do to move forward. Amen. Now, just to highlight to the listener how great the need is and the results of helping someone when really with just a, a small amount of money to be able to put up a, have a piece of property, put up a very rudimentary structure, and of course he needed a latrine. But since then, he's just been on fire spreading this message. And you were telling me he had quite a number of baptisms. Was that just recently? Yes. Just before last week, he went to a place called Chikube. And then he went on a Friday. And then on when he preached that night and the following day, people of that church were convinced, even including pastors. And then he baptized the 89 people. Then on Sunday, he went to another place and preached. And then on Tuesday again, he went to another place called the Kaiso. That's on Lake Albert in Western Uganda. And he had an overnight on Tuesday night. And about 300 people attended. It was on the lake shores. Mm. And so all those people believed the message. And then the following day, he had 150 people baptized because it was on the lake shore. Amen. Then again, the following day, he went to another place which again he preached, and then he had a baptism of about 40 people. So just within a space of less than a week, baptizing over 200 people was such thing which is great. And then in that meeting, there was a bishop from Kabarore, which is a different district now from this place, who came and then he was asking him, what is this you're preaching? And you making people get lost. 
Then he told him, but what I'm preaching is the truth. Then he shared with him the Bible. And then now this bishop said, but now I baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. When people really chase me away, then he said, we can go to your church. So the following weekend, he went to Kabarore, and then the bishop mobilized his 20 churches to come at his headquarters. And that meeting was attended by over 300 people. Mm. So in those, those people attended, and then they had about 30 pastors. Now, when he preached, the bishop came and repented before the congregation that what he was preaching was false. And then told the people, we all need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And at the end of the service, 180 people were ready to be baptized. But the challenge is in that place is that the water is more than 30 kilometers away and it is a hilly place. Mm. So they needed a lot of funds really to be transported there. And then also other people were coming in saying, we also want to be baptized. So we told them we shall arrange another time where we shall go and have maybe three days kind of like a conversion where we can bring the whole message and then maybe go and baptize those people. We expect baptize really in hundreds of people in that place. My, 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 what a testimony. That's glorious, Brother James. So the, the one in one week, there was almost 300 baptisms. You're very, you're obviously not an evangelist because an evangelist would have said hundreds and hundreds, <laughs> you know. Uh, you were very conservative. I, as you were naming the numbers, I counted almost 300. And that was all in one week. And then this other group that has now embraced the message, tens of churches and their people, and there should be baptisms again in the hundreds of people. Yes, it, it's, it's true, actually. Actually, these are just only, let me say, a small kind of thing, we report we are getting, but many of these pastors, about that who attended, some of them about, there were five male, female pastors. One of them came and said that I'm giving up preaching because it's not the truth. And then others have invited him to go to their churches. And this is a lot of work which has opened, but we just need to organize them to go there and then say that we give support to our brother, what he's doing in Western Uganda. Amen. And God bless Brother Peter's wife for stepping down Amen. from the pulpit and giving that back into the hands of her husband, as it should be a man alone who is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank God for what he's doing there, Brother James, and, and just maybe that just highlights the importance of the printing of the church age books, the individual message books and all of that. Amen, surely, actually. And then uh, I was asking uh, Brother Stephen Neville about the messages of which we can send those people because some of them, the language they use is uh, Rutoro. It's different from Luganda. Okay. And then now that may be another need that may come in, maybe issues of Bibles for those people and then maybe issues of message books, but we shall elaborate as we move on. Amen. Thank you, Brother James. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Amen. Well, we talked to Brother Henry on our way to the meetings. Once the meetings were over, we had a chance to uh, talk to several brothers, and I'll say the meetings were over in Brother Stephen Abali's area. We had wonderful meetings. We had 10 services uh, over the weekend in three days in six locations. The team that was traveling with me, my son, Brother Stephen Dodd, uh, Brother Victor Adamora from Cloverdale Bible Way, uh, were ministering also. And so we were able to cover a number of areas that way. 
and minister to the saints that are over here in Uganda. Just before the last service in Brother Stephen Abali's area, which was in Namatumba, I was visiting with my translator, Brother Jeremiah. And any time you preach in Uganda, you're going to need an interpreter. And so Brother Jeremiah and I learned to work with each other. And so uh, we were talking about him and his ministry reaching out to the Anglicans. And so instead of just speaking with him, I quickly grabbed my phone and said, hey, let's let's talk about this so the people at home can hear it. So here's uh, Brother Jeremiah talking about the outreach to the Anglicans. I'm here with Brother Jeremiah Muganda, who is has been so far in this journey in Uganda, my interpreter. And we have learned to work together in the pulpit, and that's not always easy. Brother Tim speaks sometimes some strange words, but uh, Brother Jeremiah has been able to follow, to interpret into the Luganda language as we minister the Word of God. Now, Brother Jeremiah is a minister, and he, we are now in the town of... Namutumba. Namutumba. And uh, we're about to start the service, but before we start the service, Brother Jeremiah was telling me about the work that is going on amongst the Anglicans here. The Anglicans. There are three Anglican ministers that are in the congregation today who they and their congregations have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. A miracle indeed. So welcome, Brother Jeremiah. I'm Brother Jeremiah from Uganda. I'm an interpreter in Jinja Church. I've been moving with Brother Tim as well as with my pastor, Pastor Ibarri Stephen. I do a missionary work within Namutumba here. And uh, so far, three churches of the Anglicans have converted the message. And uh, I do in different areas also in Namutumba. I mean, sorry, in Namon, that is in Mayuge, alongside the, 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 the Rek, Rek Victoria. We also do their ministry and their followers there also who were part in the missions which were conducted in Mayuge, they came. Amen. Now, how long ago, Brother Jeremiah, did the Anglicans come into the message? It is so far coming to one, one year. One year? Yes. Okay. And about how many souls from the Anglican Church in total have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? It is so far around uh, 200, uh, 200 souls. Amen. Uh, Amen. 200 souls from the Anglican Church in the Namatumba area. Brother Jeremiah has been working there while Brother Sempa has been reaching out. He's the pastor in the local area, been reaching out to the Pentecostal people. And many souls have come into the light of the hour under the Pentecostal banner. So much is going on here in the country of Namatumba and in the Namatumba is a town, but in this area, and uh, we're just about to start the service, so God bless you, Brother Jeremiah. Thank you for sharing. Welcome. God bless you. Wish you the best next time. The meeting's now being ended. We were in the vehicle with Brother James Katumba, myself, my son Stephen Dodd, and my grandson Judah Dodd, and we were on our way now to Kampala to begin the meetings 
in Brother Fred Chienji's area. So it was a time of reflection, a time of talking about what the Lord did and how the meetings went. So I trust that you'll be blessed by this following interview with Brother James Katumba. We're now traveling in the vehicle with Brother James Katumba from uh, our last meeting at Namutamba and on into now Kampala area from which we'll be based for the next series of meetings. We've had a wonderful weekend last weekend where all together the team, that is to say myself, my son Stephen Dodd, uh, Brother Victor Adamora, between us we had 10 meetings in three days in six locations. And so we are very happy for that. And uh, we started out, I started out in Mayugi. Brother James has been in all of the meetings. Brother James, how was the turnout in Mayugi? We had very many people in Mayugi, close to 500, I would say. But there were very many people, and they were very much blessed by the word which was ministered that day, in the morning and in the afternoon. It was such a great thing. God was blessing us. Now, I think there was quite a number that would have liked to come, but the budget just didn't permit. Exactly. Actually, the transport costs are so punitive, especially now that the fuel has gone high. So mobilizing people, the cost, you may find that you are spending all the money on transport. So it was those who would be able to be brought. And that's what really happened. And I think after the services, there was about 30 baptisms I heard. Is that correct? Exactly. We had water baptism, actually. Actually, this is what has been happening is that people keep on believing. And they really, they are very delighted to know God, especially in what is revealing in our end time. Amen. We just pulled off the road, so excuse the noise. We had to avoid the semi-truck coming down our side of the road. However, we're still safe. We thank you, Brother James, for avoiding that vehicle. And uh, after Mayugi, then on Saturday, uh, Brother Stephen Dodd and his son Judah Dodd came into uh, the country on Friday night, and immediately Brother Stephen started preaching on Saturday. Uh, Stephen, do you remember the town names? All right. I can if you give me a minute. All right, we'll give him a Bulanga. minute. Bulanga. Bulanga, yes, Saturday was Bulanga. Here, this is the place. Two meetings in Bulanga with Brother Samson. Brother Samson. Yes, What's Brother Samson's last name? Samson Lubogo. Thank you. I've forgotten it for a moment. Brother Samson Lubogo, the pastor in Bulanga, which happens to be the place we're driving through right now. Yes. So, Stephen, you had two meetings in Bulanga? Yes, we had a morning service and an evening service there. I think you had quite a bit of visiting ministers. Yeah, there was quite a crowd there. Probably about 15 to 20 ministers came to the meetings from different churches. Amen. And, and I was looking at the pictures, and I think you had several hundred people in the meetings altogether. Yeah, I think there was a, a couple hundred people there, according to what the brothers were telling me. So we're thankful for what the Lord did in Bulanga while I was in... You were in actually Nakalama. Nakalama with Brother uh, Rogers Wahi. 
and uh, is a good a good service there. Probably about thirty ministers who stood up, yeah. whose all of their churches had been baptized, yes. and so representing hundreds and hundreds of people there. And Brother Rogers is a wonderful brother. We appreciate him. The Lord has certainly grounded him in the Word, and he has become a real servant of God, spreading this message in that area. Yes, Brother Rogers is very nice, and he has really helped a lot to bring many of his previous denominational fellow ministers into the message. He has done a great job. Amen. So we certainly enjoyed ministering there one service, and then on to Sunday, where Stephen, you went up to Caliro and ministered for Brother uh, Hannington. Hannington Belita, as we would say. They would say Belita Hannington. And uh, now, Stephen, that was an interesting set, the interesting way that the minute that the services unfolded. Why don't you share that with us? Well, I, I didn't realize that we were only having one service. I understood we were having two. So uh, I took the first service and I thought that I had enough notes uh, to do two services there. And uh, we were about halfway through and I told the brother, I said, I, I don't really know how to take a break. And, and, and I was just referring to just being able to stop and take a drink of water and and he thought I was talking about stopping the service and he said no just just keep on going don't worry about taking a break so uh, so we kept on going and and the Lord kind of brought us right through all of the notes that I had and and preached everything there and so then I turned the service back over to the brother still thinking that we had an evening service and then uh, they they talked a little bit and the brother said brother Hennington said how many would like brother Stephen to come up and preach for another hour and the church was just in an uproar like praise the Lord and please and so so I said well uh, I'll try my best and and uh, so I came back up to the pulpit and we just had a word of prayer and asked the Lord to bless it and by God's grace we had another 45 minutes and and then it was afterwards at the lunch that I found out that that was the only service that was going to be there. So the Lord just just made a way for us to have two services in one. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that is quite humorous. That's sometimes how it happens here in Africa. Sometimes two separate services is not convenient. So you got to preach one right to one right after the other. Amen. That's wonderful. And I know hearing from the brethren that they were blessed and we thank God for all that he did. And then Sunday we were, I was at uh, Brother Stephen Abali's church. We had a wonderful time in Jinja. Also the church of uh, Brother James Katumba, who is associate to Brother Stephen. And I think the Lord just gave us wonderful uh, services there uh, morning and afternoon in Jinja. Yeah, we had very nice services and uh, we had about 400 people in attendance and the people were really blessed. They were so much encouraged, especially, you know, the theme that we have to see that we, we are bright material. We have to be ready for the rapture. These were great things really, which really quickened somebody's life 
mm-hmm. to see that they look at the true the true purpose of this message is our body change so we're really blessed in the services the people were really moved to faith and as we ministered on the eagle anointing and the anointings of the different ages but especially in the afternoon service on the eagle anointing which is the bride's anointing and it's always interesting to me because we don't have necessarily organized prayer lines but at the end of the service the people started lining up for prayer and there was quite a number of people that came forward to receive something from the Lord and we thank God for all that he did for each one of the individuals the Lord moved in a mighty way and I'm sure that the testimonies amongst the people will be great and even we had baptisms even during lunch time we had over 100 people baptized right. you know people who came mm-hmm. some had never been baptized but when they saw others being baptized they said please they are there changing clothes you know so they will be given and so the the interpreter our intra- interpreter brother Jeremiah spent two hours mm. from the time we ended at around one up to almost three o'clock he was just baptizing people so it was such a great blessing that is incredible because brother Jeremiah has been interpreting for me all along the way and he interpreted for me Sunday morning I didn't know he did two hours of baptisms a hundred people being baptized and then interpreted again for me on Sunday afternoon so that it was God bless him for his labors and his service and uh, we have a separate interview with him talking about his work amongst the Anglican people there in the area that we were in today. Actually, the Sunday service in Jinja was interesting. The Sunday service in Jinja were interesting. Normally, people attend morning service. Most times the visitors, sometimes we bring. And then in the afternoon service, you have almost half a church left. Yeah. But this time, except the 20 pastors who left, because they were going to far places, others, the, trans- the public transport they were using, that was the time to leave. But we had about 80% of the church mm. still remaining in the afternoon service. To me, it was such a great thing. There was such a great pool that people really desired to feed more on the word of God. No wonder there was no prayer line called. But uh, more than 100 people lined up, maybe 200, because there were many. We had many ministers praying for the people for some good time, like about 30 minutes. So it was something which really people felt the presence of God come down. Amen. I can testify that that's the truth. I certainly personally was wrung out after those meetings. And we thank God for all that he did that weekend. Brother Victor Adamora, who's not with us on this part of the journey, ministered uh, what the pastor there, Brother Basabozi, called a masterpiece there in Kampala. And so we're thankful for everything that the Lord did on the weekend. I trust that you've enjoyed this uh, short podcast on the first part of the meetings and trip through Uganda. And next week, Lord willing, will be part two on the rest of the meetings. But uh, we certainly feel that the beginning of the meetings with the churches up there were very, very productive. Uh, The Lord helped us to minister in a lot of places. 
The people were blessed with the word of God, as you heard, and we were able to see the effect of the message books going out, the church age books, the single books, the seals books, the Hebrew series, all of the messages, and also the Bibles, and to see firsthand the need for the Bibles amongst the believers in Uganda. That continually breaks my heart to see these kind of things, but we are so glad that we're able to help them, and it's because of you, the listener, and the those that are giving, that we are able to provide and help the saints that are needy to receive the Word of God here in the country of Uganda. So until next week, God bless you. We appreciate you. Please remember us in prayer. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the Word of God.